And people sometimes hear anxiety and they think it's not a big deal, but yeah. to think mm -hmm. that I couldn't walk to the corner by myself, that's how difficult it was. And I was bullied a lot in high school, so it was like a combination of being bullied and then losing my grandmother who lived with me. So she was like a second mother to she me. Rock. Yeah, so it was a combination of that and then not being able to go off to college and having to give up that dream. That was Jessica Busseri, owner, baker, and operator of JB Couture Cupcakes in Belmar, New Jersey. She went from to nobody's going to take me down at this point. I've come this far and I've gotten this far and I'm not going to let anything stop me now. At 17 years old, after her grandmother passed away and after being bullied in high school, she developed agoraphobia and severe anxiety. And for those who don't know what agoraphobia is, it's the fear to go outside of your home and to be anywhere near a crowd. Jessica was one of 20 people to be accepted to Johnson & Wales Culinary Arts Program. She was unable to attend due to her severe anxiety and the agoraphobia, but she didn't let that stop her from reaching her dreams. She used her baking as medicine to overcome her anxiety. And three years later, she opened her own store, JB Couture Cupcakes in Belmar, New Jersey. This is a great story that'll make you think, what's my excuse? And after hearing this podcast, you'll realize yourself, you don't have an excuse. Tom and I look forward to sharing this interview with you, as we hope it lights a fire under your butt, because it sure did for us. But before we share this story, a couple words from our sponsors. Everyone knows how important marketing is to your business, whether you're small, medium, or large. Everyone's talking about social media these days, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It can be overwhelming if you're a small business owner. That's why this episode is brought to you by Shop Local Jersey Shore, a shop local media company. Social media management is practically a full-time job if you do it right. They save small business owners 20 to 40 hours a month so they can focus on what they do best, which is run their business. They take care of the rest to grow your brand awareness, engage your customers, and retain and acquire new customers. Whether it's Facebook, Instagram, event coverage, video for your events, photography, or even traditional things like graphics or print, Shop Local Jersey Shore is your trusted partner to ensure your social media and marketing game are on point. Contact them by email at tomshoplocal at gmail.com, or you can send them a message via Facebook at facebook.com slash shoplocaljerseyshore. This episode is also brought to you by Simply Southern Cuisine. Straight out of Belmar Plaza in Belmar, New Jersey, I dare you to leave Simply Southern hungry. It won't happen. The food is made with only the freshest ingredients, and as Rita would say, it is made with a lot of love. That's Simply Southern Cuisine. You can find them at 817 Belmar Plaza in Belmar, New Jersey, or you can call and set up a reservation at 732-243-9259. Today's final sponsor is one of our favorites. I know it's yours too. Anxiety. With you at night, keeping you up, crushing your chest when times are tough. Jessica Busseri knows all too well about anxiety. This is a great story. I'm very pleased that Tom and I had the opportunity to interview Jessica, as it really is a success story in that you can beat anxiety and you can get over agoraphobia or whatever phobia it may be. Just remember, it's all in your head. So with that said, and without further ado, 17-year-old entrepreneur turned 23-year-old J.B. Couture cupcake owner in Belmar, New Jersey, Miss Jessica Busseri. Jessica Busseri. Yeah. Beautiful name. I'm very intrigued by your story. Thank you. You uh, have a GoFundMe page. It was to get me to open up my location that I'm in right now, 904 Main Street in oh. Belmar, and it was to help me fund the location and get my um, supporters and my customers who all were a part of my business growing. They all wanted to see me open my shop. So it was a way for them to donate to me, whether it was a dollar, five dollars, 
$100. I've had people walk in here and give me a check for $500 anonymously. Wow. Yes. With anonymous sign on the line. Yes. Wow. So we are we are live. We're in uh, JB Couture Cupcakes right now. So you'll hear business going on in the background, which is good. That's what we want to hear. Cupcakes are a hot business. <laughs> right? So tell tell everybody a little bit about how, how the idea of JB Couture Cupcakes started. Well, I never thought I was going to own my own business. I can honestly say that. I thought I was going to be in college and learning pastry arts. And um, from culinary school at Freehold Borough High School, my culinary program, I was headed towards Johnson & Wales University in Rhode Island where um, I got into a pastry arts program where they only accept 20 students a year. They have a great culinary arts yes, program there. Yes, they like do. Top in the country. It is. Wow, only 20. They only accept country? 20. So I had to bring them my portfolio and do interviews with them and I was accepted and it was a really big deal. Then I had gotten ill my last month of high school and my grandmother had passed away and that kind of triggered a lot of anxiety for me and it caused me to not be able to go away to college. So the year after high school, while I was recovering and going to therapy like four times a week in New York City, I was, um, my parents were driving me in, missing work because they had to take me into the city to go to therapy. My first exposure, they called it, was walking to the corner by myself without my therapist. That was the first thing that I had to learn to do on my own. It was like learning to live again. And people sometimes hear anxiety and they think it's not a big deal, but... It is. It is. It is. Yeah, we yeah. both have anxiety. Yeah. I think yeah. that I couldn't walk to the corner by myself. That's how difficult it was. Um, how old were you? I was 18 or 17. Mm -hmm. um, and I was bullied a lot in high school. So it was like a combination of being bullied and then losing my grandmother who lived with me. So she was like a second mother to me. rock. Yeah, so it was a combination of that and then not being able to go off to college and having to give up that dream that I was really looking forward to. But while I was home recovering, I was really working on my baking and it was my medicine. So I would bake things for family and friends and then work on fondant, like teach myself how to make a fondant rose or look on YouTube and see these fondant cakes that I wanted to learn how to create and I would work on it all day and then give it to somebody and then they would show people and social media was the way of getting this out where they would post it on their page and then they someone would be like where can I get that so viral. And, and how old are you it today just kept growing. I'm 23 you're 23 today yeah okay so you've made big steps yes. since you were 17 or 18 speaking of steps what was that first step like walking to the corner how did you overcome that anxiety it was terrifying. It was so sad to see my life that I had so much potential that I couldn't even walk to the corner thinking that this was all my life was going to be. Where everybody who I was in high school with, they're all off at college and they're all doing this and they're all going to be successful and I can't even make it to the corner without having a panic attack or feeling like I can't breathe. And I just didn't see myself going anywhere from there seeing like you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're in that spot no it's tough I mean I have I've had family with anxiety and depression and have had to be a caregiver and uh, so you're speaking to people who are definitely understanding and empathetic in that situation but it sounds like not only did you find that light at the end of the tunnel but you came out shining so 
obviously it was therapeutic for you to work on your, your baking and your fondant and different recipes. Yeah, it definitely took my mind off of things. Working on even just my logo for the business <laughs> one day, making business cards and having something to look forward to in my life just made me be able to get out of bed every day and get up in the morning and then making cakes for people and seeing their reaction and seeing the excitement that it brought to them was something that really healed me. So along that process, when did you realize that this really could be a business? At what point did you say, holy cow, I could turn this into a brick and mortar store and, and, and do well? When I started playing around with the fondant and it just kept getting better every time I was touching it and I was making these cakes and making cupcakes and tasting my buttercream. My sister was in college at the time and she went to Monmouth University and I did a little taste test there where I sent her with her sorority sisters all of these different flavors of buttercream and I made the, a little card and I had them check off like what I could improve on and what flavors they liked because they always like to have something to do in their sorority and they were in awe of my flavors and everything and just all the feedback I was getting made me so passionate about what I was doing and showed that I could have a business out yeah. of this. You did a little market research without actually trying to be a market researcher. I mean, feedback cards yeah. on buttercream, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, right. taste tests. That's pretty, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. And that's good advice for anybody trying to get into the food business, I think, is don't just dump it, you know, out on the market. You have to test along the way and make sure it's actually something that people are going to like. Exactly. You know, so. so you did the GoFundMe campaign. Why did you pick Almar Main Street as your initial home base? Well, beforehand, I had, the year before I did the GoFundMe, I was contacted by a girl that had a really small shop on Main Street in Belmar, and she did cookies, and she wanted somebody to come in. Her business was failing, and she needed help, and she wanted to bring in cupcakes and kind of have someone take over because she didn't have the time for a business. So I figured let me try this out for the summer and have the public taste them and see what happens. And I had lines out the door every single day and um, I was selling out of cupcakes and I got friendly with the mayor, Matt Dougherty, and everyone became like family to me here that it just felt right to be here. I love the atmosphere in the summer and then everyone keeps coming here like year-round even in the off-season so it just felt like a home. So what, what are the off-seasons like because we're in off-season now you know we all know that Jersey Shore traffic during the summer is relentless and great for business. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah <laughs> but once winter once fall comes after Labor Day things slow down at the Jersey Shore how do you stay motivated how do you how do you keep going? It's definitely hard with the walk-in traffic but I'm focusing a lot of my business on catering and I really love that aspect of the business. The catering, there's always a party, there's always birthday parties going on so when I meet people during the summer they remember me and they say oh well my birthday is not until January or my kids birthdays in October and so there's always something going on that they need a party for. So my business, I have a little more flexibility than just a clothing shop or something else that people just walk into. People come here for special occasions and we go off premise and we do events for all different occasions, weddings, everything in between and dessert bars and all that. So Cupcakes are the new birthday cake. Yes. They are. <laughs> 
Yes, right? and wedding cake too. Yeah, it's amazing. I see you have quite the uh, array of cupcakes. What would you say are your your most sought after cupcakes? My most popular cupcakes are definitely they've been steady for the past couple years. The salted caramel pretzel Ooh, one yeah. is very popular, and my triple chocolate one. I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, MBA in cupcakes. Uh, I can tell you that I've been working in Manhattan for a long time, going to uh, Magnolia, insert cupcake shops, Georgetown when I was in DC a lot. I don't know, JB Couture puts them all to shame. I mean, you were, I had your vanilla creme brulee one the other day, and I'm not a really a sharer anyway, but no one's ever sharing triple chocolate <laughs> or that one with me, no matter uh, whether it's my firstborn or even mom. So I'll get them their own. So moving through the process of opening the business, nothing ever goes perfect. Let's talk about some of the ups and downs that you may have experienced. Let's start with the downs first. Well, I did have a lot of trouble with another shop that is sort of like a competition with mine, but not exactly. I do a lot more catering and more cupcakes than they do, but um, they definitely were not happy with me coming into town. So I did not expect this, but because um, I know... Belmar alone has so many pizza places. If you go down the street, there's probably like two on this block alone. And every business, competition is great for business anyway. But I did not expect for people to be telling me like the Board of Health, the Fire Department, the Police Department, all to be called on me within days, having to deal with all that on top of getting permits and all that and everything that comes with opening your own shop, but having to deal with like someone trying to take me down. Hostility. So, yes. so you had, so essentially the other businesses may have been trying to sabotage your business? Yes. So they were threatened by you and they were wow. actually, uh, it's like having a, an unruly neighbor who calls like, the cops on you for, not, for noise and party, yeah, but in they, this case it's a competitive threat. Yeah, they did not want me coming into town and the things that I hear that they do and threaten that they're gonna take my cupcakes and put glass in them and then make videos showing that I bake glass into my cupcakes and try to ruin my business and just seeing like my story and how I started and everything that came from that and to see that this other business would want to hurt someone else's business it's just sad. Yeah I think uh, life in general business or personal people that spend a lot of time uh, quote-unquote hating or expending negative energy. Imagine if they put that forth in their own, in themselves or their own business. I mean, what a, yeah. If you actually were threatened competitively, I should challenge you to rise up to do whatever you do better, not spend time trying to take someone else down. Yeah, those are the stagnant, lazy people who are experiencing downfalls in their business and they don't need somebody else coming into their territory and, and, and stealing their, their thunder, yeah. you know, so. You've risen above that. That's great. Yeah, if anything, just like the anxiety, it's made me stronger and it's made me more proud of what I've accomplished and showed that people are jealous, I guess, of what I've created and they want to copy or whatever, try to take me down. But nobody's going to take me down at this point. I've come this far and I've gotten this far and I'm not going to let anything stop me now. Well, they say jealousy is the ultimate form of flattery. So. Uh, I guess you have to consider yourself flattered, right? Yes, exactly. So talk a little bit about your catering. What are any funny catering stories? What's the most unique event that you've had to do a catering event? Or has there ever been a disaster at a, at a, at a catering event that you had to come up with a solution really fast? I have 
dropped a four-tiered cake down the steps. Oh, no. <laughs> and nobody even knew. I was able to reassemble it and make it perfect, and nobody even knew. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Okay. Rewind to the beginning of that. You dropped a four-layer cake, four-stacker. It was downstairs? It was down a whole... How many? Can you count them out? Do you remember uh, each like, spill and watching the layers just roll down like a like slinky? Ten steps. Don't drop the cake. Don't drop the cake. Don't. I dropped the cake. And I kind of caught it on me. And it was my triple chocolate cupcake as a cake. So it, the whole cake was the triple chocolate oh, yeah. cupcake. Do and the whole outside right of it was chocolate chips. Oh. So they're all like hand put like chocolate chips on the cake. It's delicious. So, so I was able to cover it up with chocolate chips, like where it was a little indented and everything. And you couldn't even tell. You couldn't even tell. Wow. <laughs> That's a great example of a down. One up. I understand that you were ranked number one in New Jersey by the Star Ledger for your cupcakes. Yeah. Speak to that award. Well, three years in a row, the triple chocolate cupcake again. It was rated by Pete Genovese from NJ.com and the Star Ledger as one of the top desserts in New Jersey. Wow. And this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice honor. Yeah. Yes. He is a chocolate lover, so. I have to hang your head on there. Oh, so you, you hit him in the stomach. <laughs> yes. He couldn't, he couldn't say no. Yes. This year I gave him one of my double chocolate cookies, which have been a big hit. And he said to keep him away from them because they're dangerous <laughs> for him. And I'm in another competition with um, NJ.com this year again. And I made it to one of the top 50 bakeries with the most votes, like the most popular in New Jersey. And he's coming around and tasting all the stuff and re-voting and... Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it's the contest in the poll on Facebook. Yeah. Like the first round, quarter, semis. Yes. So that was yeah. really fun. And it gives you a chance to get all your customers to vote. Because I don't believe in the competitions where you, the customers just vote on best taste and this and that because anyone could just sit there and click and vote or whatever. I love that he actually comes out and tastes it. So um, the part of the polling that customers voted was important because it got Even him to actually yeah. get to the tasting phase. So I got enough votes to make it to the one of the top 25 with the most votes. So it just showed how passionate my customers are that they sat there and voted day after day to, to get him here to taste what they love. So when he comes in, do you know he's coming? Yes. Okay, so he doesn't come in in like a disguise or have like a mystery buyer, you know, buy the cupcake and then oh, he's out in his car eating. Like the uh, New York Times, right? Exactly, right? No, he actually puts out a schedule and he did the top 25 with the most votes and then the 25 that he picked on his own and then he put out a schedule of when he was coming to each bakery and then he picks like 8 to 10 things to taste and he tastes them at home so he doesn't taste them in front of you so you don't have like that pressure. <laughs> but he talks to you a little bit. I got to know him through the years because he's been here having the triple chocolate cupcake. So he's the nicest guy ever. I see you're uh, in the midst of making a whole lot of things here. What are you, uh, what are you making and what are you making it for? I'm working on a lot of holiday treats, chocolate-covered Oreos and pretzels and bark and 
all different things. I got into the Asbury Bazaar in Convention Hall this weekend, the 9th and the 10th. And I'm going to have my own space where I'm going to be selling. And the past weekends that they've had it, it's been completely packed. So yeah, For those of you that aren't aware, there's the Asbury Park Holiday Bazaar held in Convention Hall. So it's really every weekend through the holiday season. And uh, they have a giant, I don't know, 50, 60 foot tree in there. And uh, this year they're actually moving all the, uh, the vendors and the booths into the, the concert hall as opposed to being in the in, inside the main pavilion. So it's a sea of humanity, and I would imagine, obviously, a great uh, business opportunity for you, too. And uh, I was just there a couple weekends ago myself, and uh, there weren't, wasn't a lot of food options. So I'm going to say that you're going to uh, absolutely kill it this weekend and do well. I'm excited. It was Jerry'd, um who gets in. So I know some businesses that didn't get in. So I was really lucky to be able to get in and see what happens. Wow. You're a very wise young woman. Thank you. You are. With that said, what are some tips or advice that you could give to young entrepreneurs like yourself? What are some things that you could tell Joe Schmo who wants to open a deli? What kind of tips would you be able to pass along to them? Well, never let anyone tell you you can't do something. I've had a lot of doubters. I've had um, a lot of difficulties, but as long as you keep going and don't let anyone Tell you can't do it. You can get there. What do, what do you wish you knew four years ago that you know now, or last week that you knew now? I mean, there are a lot of people who. Well, I don't know too many people that started a business right out of high school. I don't know any. Yeah, there are a lot of people who worked in corporate America for a little while, or maybe whatever number of years—three, five, seven, nine, ten, longer—and then there's, you know what? I'm going to work for myself. So they have some level of business experience, whether they're in marketing or operations or things like that. But rarely do you see somebody just come right out of the gate out of high school. And I know that, obviously, you were thrust into that situation. But everything happens. I'm one of those believers that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So it sounds like what may have been initially a curse turns out to be a big blessing. Exactly. For business owners, for any business, you have to know that it is a 24-hour job. It's not something that you do on a whim. It's not something that you do part-time. It is full-time. It is every hour of every day. It's the minute you wake up to the minute you go to sleep. And you have to be willing to put that time in. Otherwise, your business will not succeed. You have to be willing to answer your phone even if you're exhausted. You have to be willing to do things that you never thought you'd be doing. And I've done things that you didn't think that you would have to do for a cupcake shop, like building awnings for tables, for canopies, for outdoor events, taking out garbage at two in the morning. Like just, there's like things, every little detail you're in charge of as a business owner and the electric, just like every problem that comes across. You can't be prepared for everything, but every Day, you might have a problem but you just have to be on top of things and be prepared tell us about your, tell us about your team who else who else runs this business with you <laughs> hey mom <laughs> <laughs> don't worry you're not on camera yeah, yeah. Yeah. so yeah as jess is sitting here being interviewed by us mom's back there 
Working her hump off here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she has a straight, Picking uh, up the she's slack. A straight no photography, yeah. no video, no paparazzi yeah. policy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my parents have been so supportive through all of this, and they are a big part of the business. My mom works with me, and she was never a baker before, but I have taught her my recipes, and she's able to do some of it. You taught mom how to cook, and not vice versa? Right. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Yes, yeah. so she's able to do the chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. It took her some time, Yay. but she's finally able to do it. Um, what a good apprentice. <laughs> but she does everything in between and is so great. I'm so grateful to have her here. My dad, again, does everything that I need from planting outside to taking garbage out and everything he has heart failure and has been sick for a while but he still comes here and helps me out and he'll come and if he sees me overwhelmed he'll come and do dishes for me he's very good at doing dishes i call him my dishwasher <laughs> so i'll call him at like two in the morning when i have three cakes that i'm finishing and a pile of dishes and Say, are you available? <laughs> and he'll get out of bed as reluctant as he is, and he'll come and do dishes. But as upset as he might be, he loves being able to say that. So it's a true family business, family business. You're very fortunate to have such a great support system around you. Yes, and my sister helps me out too. She works in the city now and lives in the city, but as I was opening up my shop, she's very artistic and helped me put together like as you see like the logos all over the wall and the stripes on the wall everything you see was hand done by us and the sprinkle wall my dad put in the first ever sprinkle wall tell us about the sprinkle wall because i uh i didn't learn about it till like the third round of cupcakes <laughs> and my kids who didn't give it more than 3.7 seconds now like, well we have to go back because the sprinkle wall so. yes i wanted a way for kids to be able to actually create cupcakes in the shop and I know as a kid I would have gone crazy over this seeing the sprinkles and being able to touch them and being able to put my own sprinkles on my cupcakes so I created the very first sprinkle wall and as many sprinkles as you want on your cupcake <laughs> yes in color order there's all different shapes and colors and we change them out for the holidays, and kids get to sprinkle their cupcakes. So everything that gets done in here is family done, and friends help out, and it just you feel that when you come in. Customers feel that, like the love that goes into everything here. And you said that there's a lot of different things that you have to do. You don't just wear one hat here. You know, you may have to put up an awning or you know set up a table somewhere. What's one of the more unique things that you had to do? in order to keep the business going. Oh yes, to save money when I first opened, I didn't have this fancy black and white checkered floor. I saw on YouTube that you can glitter a floor, but I guess I didn't read all the steps correctly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so me and my sister, we got garage floor paint and then just bought a lot of glitter from the craft store and it says to like throw it up in the air just like glitter New Year's Eve like that and then we're thinking okay like when you're doing an arts and crafts project you shake off the extra glitter and you put it in the garbage but you can't shake the floor and get the extra <laughs> glitter off so I had the brilliant idea of taking like a leaf blower and opening the door and leaf blowing it all out 
sounds doable. It sounds like a smart idea, but not on a misty day, <laughs> a misty night out. Um, so it looked like um, Belmar was glitter bombed when we opened the door. And I feel bad for the car that was right outside yeah, the door. Yes, the car. Yes, yeah. the car they're, they're I felt bad for the businesses next door when they got here the next morning and thought that a glitter bomb went off. They literally said that. I didn't know that the that existed but so you um, glitter bombs this block in Belmar yeah and know, for a year straight you could renovation. find glitter everywhere <laughs> yeah I put, a, uh, yes. I put a sign on the door that just said sorry Belmar I'll be back in the morning to clean up because there was nothing I could do at that point it was misty the glitter was stuck down and that would have been great did you get any pictures no? I have pictures, and then the Belmar um, Department of Public Works had to come. Did they really? Oh, wow. And they came with, like, a really powerful leaf blower. Taylor Hardware gave me, like, really strong vacuum to help clean up oh, the so sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, Local business supporting each other. Yes. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> so we were outside vacuuming, leaf blowing, and this was my welcome to Belmar. I was yeah. like, they're going to kick me out before I even open. <laughs> <laughs> So talking to you, you seem like a very calm, cool, collected person. How is your anxiety today? I still struggle with it daily. Um, I put on a face that you wouldn't know. Like this past weekend, I had the Main Street experience and probably had encountered like 800 people, a very stressful event that I was running and it would give anybody anxiety. But I put on a smile and I pretend I'm okay at some points, but um, it shows people that even though it comes and goes, that you have good days and bad days, you just put on your clothes, you get out of bed, and you face the day. You persevere. You don't let it hold you back. Do you have any practices that you do when, when things start to get rough and your mind, your mind muscle starts bringing on anxiety? I'm able to let it um, just come and go now, whereas in other points I would really let it like settle into my mind and take over, where now I could hear, like feel something coming on and just kind of like swipe it away, like a slideshow. Like you're like thinking of like a PowerPoint presentation. When you see it coming, just like swipe it away. But I still, I go to a therapist and she's amazing and I don't know what I'd do without her. and. She's become she like... Get, she got free cupcakes. <laughs> I bring her surprises when I'm in the middle of baking. She says I always smell like cupcakes when I come into oh, her shop. Oh, great. She's hungry. Yeah. Every time you come in, I'm hungry. My sweet tooth yeah. just... At least you don't... Cranks you know, up when you come in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It could, I, it could be worse. It could be worse. So tell us about the Main Street experience. So you, you obviously have been here for several years now. You have, a, I would say, a following, if not a cult following. This was my first Main Street experience, and I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great way also to not only to quote-unquote be a good neighbor, but I heard it myself, and, and having lived here for almost a decade, I went into stores, one I never knew existed and probably never would have set foot otherwise. So tell me a little bit like your your vision behind that and what's your vision for it for it moving forward. Well, what you just said was exactly the reason why I do it, is to get people into the shops here in Belmar that they wouldn't actually go in or haven't known we're here. It's to work as a town because as a town you have to work together. You can't just rely on your one shop to make the town work. So I got the idea to 
show off these great shops because unlike some towns where it's small, our town goes from Fifth Avenue all the way to like 12th with great shops. So we're really spread out. So it's hard for anyone to walk and go shopping in all these shops um, on a daily basis. So I figured that we could have this one night where we have the shops that want to participate, participate and put some vendors in their shops so that if you're walking into, say, a yoga studio or a jewelry store, something that you're not interested in, you'll have a reason to go in because there'll be a vendor maybe you are interested in. And then that will get you in the door. So to kind of make it like a game to make sure people don't miss a shop, we have a map that people follow and they have to get it stamped off at every shop and then that qualifies them for gift baskets. And then in the gift baskets, we have, we usually just go to like Belmar locations to donate, but we had some great outside people wanted to donate as well. And people put their ticket in for gift baskets. And every time you hear the bell ring today, people are picking up their gift baskets uh, that they yeah. won. If you hear some uh, yeah, <laughs> background noise, people aren't just coming here for cupcakes, they're coming here to collect their uh, Main Street Experience gift bags. And to to Jess's point, you'll you know look in and see you know Surf Taco, you know Beach House, uh, Kleins, you know Mike's, all, Jersey Mike's, Jersey Mike's, all the local businesses within the Belmar you know ecosystem are represented in the in the prizes. So uh, not only will they have gone through a lot of the businesses during the Main Street experience you know, for the lucky winners, they're going to have a memorable experience again as a result of the Main Street experience when they go redeem their prize, whether it's for a dinner or a massage or trying to win the dentist yeah. package myself for my son. Um, I think to that point about experiences, I think that's what people definitely appreciate more now than ever. And I think coming into JV Couture Cupcakes is an experience. That's what people, I think that's why you probably have a really, really strong following. You can't, you can't really take away memory. And when people have a great experience, they're going to tell everyone else about what a great experience it is. So I think that's also you get some referrals out there. What's uh, around the corner? What's uh, what are some future plans that uh, you can share with the with the listeners and the local community here about what you have in store for 2018 and beyond? Um, well, we have some surprises coming up shortly that I can't say yet, but we're um, you know the saying "Go big or go home." All right. We're working on that. Excellent. I definitely want to keep working on focusing more on the catering end. I really love sitting down with brides and grooms and planning weddings. We do everything from invitations to centerpieces. We do it all here. It's not just cupcakes. So we love to be a part of this. I actually just had a couple that I did their engagement party. I did their the bridal shower. I did their groom's cake at the wedding and decorated their whole wedding. And I just found out that they're pregnant and I was the first person to find out what they were having so I could do their gender reveal cake. And it's like a family. It, they've become family to me. So that's what I love to do. They invited me to their wedding. That's how close we that's became. Cool. That's cool. And um, I told them I could babysit anytime they want. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm already planning their baby shower now with the, the grandmother-to-be. You really have a customer so, for life there. Yeah. Yes. So we do every, every stage of life. And it's crazy that I've 
been in this enough years to be going through this with customers but I love that aspect of it I love doing I do birthday parties on premise where I do cupcake wars parties with kids and just to see the kids excitement when I tell them that I was on cake wars myself and to yeah, tell totally them I totally forgot to you know, bring that up <laughs> and I give them as real of an experience as I can with timing them when they make their cupcakes to getting their cupcake on the judging table <laughs> and hoping that they don't drop it and <laughs> telling them they get so excited and getting to use a pastry bag and I know if I was that kid I would love it so I make it to how I would have loved it as a child and the parties are such a hit the kids go home with the birthday kid goes home with a pastry bag full of all the extra candy from their candy oh, bar that they love that yeah you have to see some of these pictures when they're they holding it, it. <laughs> they love it and so, does, and so do the it nearby dentist like yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. pounds yeah. yes i need a you could have a you know you should have a little in with the dentist i know a little referral program referral bonus free <laughs> dental care for life you definitely follow them customers. Tell me about being on Cupcake Wars. What was first of all? How'd you get on it, and what was it like? Um, well, it was Cake Wars Cake actually. Wars. I wish it was Cupcake Wars. It would have been easier because I could frost cupcakes in my sleep. But it was Cake Wars. So um, there's all this these different rounds of auditions, and you fill out a really big application. Then you have to send in a video. And I was thinking, how can I stand out with a video? Every bakery is going to be sending in these videos. How did I get to where I am today? My customers. So I made a video where I I talked a little bit in the video and then I had my customers all hold up a sign saying choose JB Couture. And it was during like a big festival in town and when I walk through the festival I see all my like customers so it's like one of my customers with their dog, someone with the baby, so like it's just all dynamics of people holding up the sign, choose JB Couture, and I put it with music and then pictures of my cakes in between. And then I sent, then I got to the next round, had to send in cupcakes for them to taste um, to California, and then phone interviews, all, all different processes. Never thought I would get a call, and then I got a call from California one day and thought I was going to pass out <laughs> when they said, are you available in two weeks? It's a very quick process to come to California, and it's always been my dream to go to California. My dog's name is California. Oh, we call her Callie. Callie. That's, cool. <laughs> um, that's a great name. Well, that's Callie. Yeah. So it's always been a dream of mine to make it to California, and to make it onto Cake Wars was such an honor. And I was against bakeries that have been in business longer than I've been alive. So it was terrifying but it was so much fun I'm sure it's an honor to be going yeah. against it those, was such an honor those folks to meet them and you still keep in touch with any of the people that you're competing against with? yes we all keep in touch on facebook and the show still airs like it um repeats itself and i always have people messaging me that they loved like seeing me on tv and they love my story and my episode so, so it's on, so she, great play it on tv i'm gonna go look for it yes Try to link to it in the uh, podcast yeah. notes, too. So, like I said before, you've been through a lot since you were 17. You seem very happy today. I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are trying to find happiness. They're trying to step out of their comfort zone, working a 9-to-5 in a cubicle, in front of a computer all day, answering phone calls, wearing a suit and tie. They're trying to make that first step out and find happiness. 
it seems as though you've found happiness. How would you define that for yourself? Definitely an ongoing battle with finding happiness and staying happy, especially with the anxiety. But once you find something that you love and you're passionate about, it's your life and it's my business, my company name is my signature. And every time I get to say where I've been and where this has brought me and the things I've got to see and do because of this business, it's just such an honor and it just keeps me humble and keeps me happy. And I think that you only have one life to live and life is short that you should do what you love. If you're sitting in a cubicle and you're miserable, why are you wasting your life doing that? I, that's a good way to end it. Magical words. Right <laughs> magical <there>. words. <laughs> so tell everybody where we can find your cupcakes online. Where can we find Miss JB Couture Cupcakes? You can find my Facebook page, which is JB Couture Cupcakes. You just search it on Facebook, and I'll pop right up there. And you could come visit me at 904 Main Street in Belmar, New Jersey. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's been great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> what an interview. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's inspiring. Basically says, whatever your excuse is, it's really garbage compared to hers. Right. Yeah, you really have no reason to not get off your ass and get going. She literally couldn't walk down the street and then is flying to Cali on Cake Wars and running a business and doing things like Main Street Experience and interacting with 25 other businesses and trying to bring thousands of people to the town. Yeah, and she goes through all of that, and now she has the number one best desserts in New Jersey by the Star Ledger. It says a lot to where she's come from. You know, she wouldn't have been able to do that seven years ago. No, she was going to therapy four times a, a, a week in Manhattan and literally had to be escorted from the car. And her her, her basically giant leap of faith or, or, or crossing the Rubicon, whatever, is going from the car to the corner. Think about our problems that we complain about every day. It's nothing compared to what yeah, she had to go through. It really makes it seem, seem minuscule. Yeah, it puts things into perspective. You know, I have a, uh, I've been wanting to tell you this story, Tom, and it's, it's an anxiety story. You remember there was a day that we had to go into New York City to meet with Gap Bank? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, just to preface this, I was pretty fresh into face-to-face -face, uh, meetings. And it was fairly new to me to have to speak with somebody who is an executive at a company. We were meeting with HR that day. So I had to be on my best behavior. And that's very hard for me to do because <laughs> I'm not always the best behaved. So we walked into the office and I remember immediately having chest feeling that you just can't breathe anymore. Like everything's caving in on you. I remember you were like unusually more flush than usual, but this wasn't like the summertime, so I just figured it was kind of hot outside, and, and yeah, that was really what it was about. Sure it was, yeah. So we went into that little room, and we were setting up for our presentation, for our discussion, and uh, I remember sweating profusely and having this feeling in my stomach as if there were snakes slithering around and butterflies at the same time, and the snakes were eating the butterflies, and I was a mess. I was so nervous. I don't know if you remember, but I got up and had to run out of the room once the meeting began. I almost crapped my pants. No way. And 
That's the worst because in corporate offices, you never even know where the bathroom is. Yeah, well, I, I ran to the bathroom, and if it was about five steps further, I wouldn't have made it. But I think I shard a little in my dress pants. Luckily, uh, we didn't have to uh, explain that in the meeting. No. <laughs> That's anxiety. It comes in many forms. Brown. Sometimes you just sweat a little. Sometimes you crap yourself. Sometimes you can't sleep at night. You never liked going to those face-to-face meetings. Can't stand it. But then today, you wouldn't even think I had an issue. You know, it's like I can I can sit in front of somebody and talk and speak, and they would never know I have anxiety. We walked into about six businesses today just to talk to them about Drive to Thrive and set up appointments, and you, you, you walked right in the door and talked right to them right. without any uh, with aplomb. Zero hesitation. Yeah. Because back then, from what I remember about myself, which I was just very unsure about what I was doing. I was in corporate America... I had to act a certain way and be a certain way, and that way was not the way I naturally am. So it was very difficult for me to be comfortable. I couldn't be comfortable in my dress shoes when I knew I needed to be wearing sneakers. You couldn't be yourself. To be myself. You know, because it was always in corporate, I felt like it was that I had to put on an act at all times, and that brought anxiety to me every morning when I woke up. I had that anxiety of I have to act a certain way and be a certain way, and I can't be myself. You know, I'm the guy who wants to run around with his t shirt off. You know, and, and and not be looked upon because of my tattoos, not to be like frowned upon because I have tattoos, you know, but I don't never forget the first day, like people saw, people in corporate saw my tattoos and it was like the look on their face. Yeah, I think though that's changing these days. I mean, you go into any hotel or you go into any, uh, I guess you think about customer facing businesses and, you know, people have nose rings or tattoos, mm-hmm. but I get it, you know. You, you get that thing that people are looking down at you or you're not serious because right. you inked yourself up. Exactly. You know? So from what I remember with that anxiety is there was that self-doubt of I didn't go to school, I didn't graduate college, and now here I am working for an Ivy League school. And it was that feeling of being... Uh, you know, the imposter syndrome. Th- essentially, yeah. You know, And you feel like everybody's looking down on you because you don't have a degree and you're working there at an Ivy school. So that anxiety was just ridden with me at all times. But I think... you. You raise an important point, though, if we think about Jess's story. She was she was going to go to Johnson & Wales, the top culinary art school in the country, one of only 20 people to get in. And uh, she had to, in essence, give that up or get passed by. And she even talks about how she felt just passed by in general because not only because she was she bullied and her grandmother passed away, her rock, and she had the anxiety. All her friends were going away to college and felt like, wow, she was getting left in the dust. But anyone has the uh, last laugh proverbially and literally it's her she actually got to if you think about it you know, especially we've talked to some of the other people that we've talked to who went through corporate spent 10 15 20 heck even their entire career and retired and then found the entrepreneurship bug she skipped she bypassed all that she found it at 15 essentially yeah. started rolling with the ball at 17 yeah she's she's an entrepreneur a business owner she's been on TV She's won awards. She's yeah. going from feeling defeated to saying nobody is going to take me down at this point. I've come this far. Yeah. But also think about it. We talked to her a little, talked to her about how she defines happiness. People spend, people actually spend their entire lives, don't even die, don't even find it. She's found it. At so, such a young age. So I think that we all have problems. We all have obstacles that are put in front of us or we put in front of ourselves. I think the lesson or inspiration from her is uh, you got to fight through it and you can't let it hold you back. 
and you got to actually pursue what's going to make you happy. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Yeah. And this was, uh, you know, once we stopped recording, she had been going to a therapist uh, prior to her current therapist, but the therapist told her, you know, when she told her therapist that she wanted to open a cupcake shop, the therapist looked her in the face and said, you can't even walk to the corner. How do you expect to open a cupcake shop? Yeah. And that was her driving force, essentially, was to prove that therapist wrong. Maybe that therapist was unintentionally or intentionally brilliant to kind of put that in front of her. Plant to see, that seed. Plant that seed. Right. But I mean, obviously. Knowing, you think, you think the therapist really knew that this was going to drive her to, to do something? Well, there's another layer to that story, just like a layer to a, a cupcake or a cake, in that the therapist also opened up her own bakery. That's right. That's right. right. I forgot about that. So I think was there was she there some that was, was there some envy or competitive threat or that was she starting she, so young, yeah. right? And that's maybe what that therapist wanted to do for years. And that's the thing. There's probably people sitting in their cubicle right now, or driving home in their car, who are well aware that they've been pretending for many years. And these people have no idea that they're musicians or they're artists or they're bakers, or you know they can carve wood, whatever it may be. They've been pretending for so long, you almost get stuck in that, right? Yeah. Pretend too long, you'll be forever lost, and you'll never find yourself. And you got to take the leap. Yeah, she went. She started a, a GoFundMe, a Kickstarter. She uh, raised awareness for what she was trying to do, raised hard dollars from the community, connected with the mayor, got a location, got her business off the ground, is doing catering gigs. Right. The sky's the limit for her. Yeah. But like she said, it's not easy. It's a 24-7 job. And I think this kind of mirrors and reiterates what our past guests have said, is that it's 24-7. It's 24-7 and you can't let your pride get in the way. You're going to have to roll up your sleeves and learn new things and do plumbing and stay up till 2 in the morning, leverage your network. I think uh, everyone we've talked to, whether they're using their family or friends, you know, try to establish a network or a support system that can help you thrive uh, uh, when you're doing well, but also uh, survive the tougher times. I like to also try to think back about not just the inspiring things, but the funny things. And uh, you know, knowing that she's in catering and doing events and all sorts of places, there had to be some at least funny or crazy things that she's had to experience. But I thought when she talked about how she dropped the, uh, the birthday cake down the steps, it actually reminded me of probably one of the funniest stories that I've ever witnessed in person in my entire life. So when I was in college, I waited, uh, well, not really waited tables, but I, were, I, did, I was a banquet waiter and worked at uh, uh, a country club. And uh, after one summer, all my other buddies in my fraternity, and literally anybody who lived at Rutgers in the summer said, how, how can we get a job over there? So I got them all jobs at this country club, working golf tournaments and banquet waiters. And uh, the unique thing, one, so we worked a lot of weddings. You had to wear a tuxedo, pants, shirt, and a bow tie. And my one friend, who I wish reality TV existed back then, um, nickname is Naps. He's like a, he was Tony Soprano before Tony Soprano knew he was Tony Soprano. And he was working a 250-person wedding. We were all, you know, all hands on deck. It was like really high-end wedding. And in the beginning, you get kind of some of the grunt jobs when you haven't worked these things. So his job was to bring out the wedding cake, a little square table. Now, the most important thing about bringing out the wedding cake 
is making sure that that table is sturdy and set, you know, underneath because it's got like uh, curtains around it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you have to make sure that's set beforehand. Apparently that wasn't the case. Here's a 250 person wedding. You know, the bride and the groom have that little table that they sit at, you know, in front of everybody else and brings out the cake with one other person. And he's on the side where apparently the legs of the table weren't fully locked. And this cake, I don't know how many tiers it was. It looked like the Empire State Building of wedding cakes. Literally, the table buckles to the side, slides down, and splat. No way to save it. Jessica was able to save her cake without, you know, incident. This thing, and the music stopped. You heard, <gasps> I mean, just, just to see the look on the bride and groom's face, like, oh my God. <laughs> I look over, and, and Naps literally <laughs> looks left, looks right, darts off the dance floor, exit stage left, and went, you know, we, we had this little ramp into the kitchen, and, uh, not only did we not see him the rest of the night, I think he hung up his tuxedo pants and bow tie. He literally, that was his last day. That was it. That was it. Game over. He was mortified. Oh, you know? God, I can't imagine. Oh, I, just that, I just got that feeling in my stomach again. Yeah. Like, Unbeknownst to him, there, we obviously had plenty of wedding cakes inside the, uh, the, the, the um, pantry or whatever that, where we kept in the lockbox. Um, <laughs> So we obviously had to borrow somebody else's wedding cake and then call uh, the bakery Mendokers and say, hey, we need a sub cake. But it was like, I wish, you know, we didn't even have cell phones back then. Or, you know, there was no camera phone. But that would have been the most watched video on Facebook or Insta or America's Funniest Home Videos if it had ever existed. I wish I was there. I'm feeling the anxiety for him right now. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, I would have just ran out to my car and took off. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to see what's next for her and her, her mom, Barbara, who is uh, not on the podcast, but in the room. Uh, she's also part of the business and uh, can't really share the news, but we'll all find out soon. But there are bigger and better things ahead for JB Couture Cupcakes. And in the meantime, they're going to be at the Asbury Park Holiday Bazaar this Saturday, December 9th and Sunday, December 10th. So head over there, check them out. Uh, they'll be in the. Uh, it's in a back corner. Yeah, in the auditorium this year. They're doing it not in the in the main hall of uh, the convention center, but actually inside the concert hall. So head in to back towards the stage, the far right corner, and that's where you'll fa- find uh, JB Couture cupcakes. Uh, get some uh, get some real holiday goodies. They're not just cupcakes. Joe and I were lucky enough to witness. Uh, a wide array of chocolate-covered Oreos and all kinds of treats. Mm. So there's stuff for uh, you to eat while you're shopping over there, uh, bring home to uh, the kids, the family, or just for your own uh, sugar stash. Absolutely. So again, special thanks to our sponsors today. Shop local, of course. Simply Southern, Belmar, New Jersey. Go get yourself some Southern cuisine this weekend. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Drive to Thrive Podcast. We're also on SoundCloud. Just Google us. You'll find us. And uh, you can reach our website at drivetothrive.me. We're also looking for as many entrepreneurs to be on our show as possible. So if you are a young entrepreneur, an old entrepreneur, just an entrepreneur in general, or you know somebody who you think would be a great guest, please email us at drivetothrivepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook page. Message us on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we're all over the place. And uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks, everybody. See you later.
for the best, yeah, I'm plotting for the best, coming straight from the dirt. I'm sprouting up a stem, here I come, yo, success, where you at? I'm fully dressed with a vest.